And who are these little guys? They are the Dojatar. Do you have a place for me and my ten friends? We don't take large parties without a reservation. (laughs) Well, thanks for ghosting me. Real cool. Yeah, stranded on a planet. Never heard that one before. (laughs) I have proof, and I bring her a Dojatar. (laughs) So my plan is to finally start building Ren that body that we've been talking about. I play him at DDR. Okay. Or what in space DDR. I've had this body for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> What's your excuse? <laughs> Welcome one and all to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us in our space adventure. I'm John and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Lisa. I play Cursalthon and Avesk Soldier. I'm Tom. I play Lycos 9 and Android Solarian. And I'm Brent and I'm playing Sparks, the Ahsoki Mechanic. So having returned to Absalom Station and begin to get sort of reacquainted with their surroundings a bit, the party has tucked in for a little bit of much-needed R&R as well as some shopping, which we're handling off-camera in this case, but we'll give you a little bit of highlight reel probably next episode. Uh, for now, we'll rejoin our adventure kind of currently in progress. So like us, you haven't really gotten a chance to walk around the station yet on, on, uh, on camera here. Uh, what are you doing? Um, I'm probably gonna return to the Android quarter and see if that's recovered at all since like the Android freakout stuff and see if uh, the PAX has returned. So it looks like physically the area has been repaired. The bullet holes and plasma scorch marks and, you know, blood and viscera have all been cleaned up and the area is once again kind of in repair, but there's definitely a little bit of a, a bit more somber than you remember it being under most cases. Uh, You make your way through and are kind of waiting to be seen by the packs you get some kind of nods of respect from the other androids who have heard about what you're able to accomplish and how you basically save the day when it's all said and done yeah and so you're kind of a a bit of a a hero amongst the community now one of the guards outside the pax's quarters a new one one you don't recognize but i killed the last one one of the last remaining so she's a actually fairly small of stature uh android Mm -hmm. about like five two or so she has dark bluish skin with bright orange uh, circuitry glowing and uh, bright orange eyes. She doesn't appear to be heavily armored, but does have a fairly hefty looking solid round cannon strapped to her back. As you're kind of uh, waiting outside, she says, So, uh, you got to spend some time with the Pax, huh? Uh, yes. After the incident, uh, the Pax was with, uh, with me and my crew for a little while for their protection. That's really cool. We're, I don't know, they seem kind of aloof. Did you get to kind of like break down those barriers a little bit? <laughs> uh, a little? I mean, almost dying tends to create a little bit better of a bond, but I wouldn't say we're besties or anything. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm grateful for what you did. I'm sorry I, more of us couldn't have been helpful. It was a chaotic time, and it wasn't clear... <laughs> who was a friend or who was an enemy based on what was going on, so it's understandable. It's uh, Alindra, by the way, and comes over and holds out a hand. Uh, he shakes her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the pause made me think of a visual. He starts shaking her then and grabs her hand and shakes her hand? Just He starts shaking her hand. Ooh. Oh. oh, that's why he's shaking her. He's not picking her by the shoulder. See, this is animated. You get that kind of weird jump that would be perfect for it. They kind of fall into a little bit of a lull again, and then Alindra like, puts a hand to her ear and says, uh, the Pax will see you now, and opens the door to let you in. Yeah. The Pax's chamber is, again, serene, uh, spacious, 
and fairly empty, uh, save for the packs sitting in the center with their architect staff across their lap. The packs warms as you enter and says, like it's nine. Thank you for coming. Please enter. I walk in. Um, is there any indicated place to sit or am I standing? I There's not really any indicated place to sit. The Pax is, sit, is seated on the metallic floor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really like a secondary mat or anything like that, but I just take kind of a, the cross-legged meditative stance in front of her position. That stance. Mm-hmm. Um, her, sorry, them. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been away for a while, but uh, how are you doing? How have things been recovering? Physically, I have recovered well. There is still a a bit of a stigma around our people. We have been forgiven but not forgotten for what happened. Despite the revelation of the source, there is still a measure of distrust amongst the fully biological population of Absalom Station. Well, that's not all that surprising considering what went down and who the main perpetrators, at least visually, were. If I might ask a favor of you, Lycos 9, if it's not too much as you've done so much for us. What is it? I've been encouraging our folk to expand beyond the boundaries of our society, to mingle a little more with the the non-androids. I've found that we've been a bit more insular than is probably best for us. I'm encouraging other androids to be a little bit more outgoing and do a little bit of outreach. If it's not too much trouble, could you go make a friend? <laughs> <laughs> She asks of the one who's on a crew with no other androids. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to make non-android friends, I have some. They're already accepting of us. I'm trying to grow the positive perception of androids in the community. If you are not amenable to it, that is understandable. I do not wish to make anyone uncomfortable. Merely, there are still those who would look askance at an android uh, as they move into... Uh, a public space. They don't quite feel safe amongst our number. A little bit of good PR could be helpful, even if it's just one person saying a good thing to their other sapient friends. I will try. I did just have a thought, especially since it just kind of happened for Lycos. Is there any kind of racing subculture, whether it's in spaceships or other things? Oh, oh yes, Absolutely. So, I mean, that'd probably be the the first, especially considering what's recently happened to him, that'd be the first thing he'd think of. Um, it'd be the easiest place for him to ingratiate himself and or kind of make himself known with his own skills. Okay. This episode of Absalom Drift. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by. Uh, the monotone of the furious. Yeah. <laughs> How much would Lycos be sort of in the know about this? You, uh, you, you knew uh, Dominique Manu by name and reputation. Is this something that Lucas has been following within his spare time? You had a racing poster on the side of your your alleyway. I guess you didn't have a childhood bedroom. I would say he was probably at least tangentially aware of it before, but was a little bit more into the idea of like general piloting, like getting out to like the stars, that kind of thing. But after I think getting a taste for a form of it with the scooter race, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, He's probably lo- spent a little bit more time on the trip back and his off time looking into it. Just because it's like, well, it's a, th- a thing I can do when I'm stationary. Um, 
on station side to kind of keep doing this because he had a good time with it. It was kind of thrilling and not what he expected it to be. Okay. So go ahead and make either computers or diplomacy or perception, depending on kind of how you want to look for information about this subculture. Uh, he'll probably start asking around because it's the thing he's the best at, bizarrely. I mean, if I didn't roll a one, uh, it's 11. All right. So you find three names, but not really much information about those names. You find out about the Spike Circuit, the Central Eye Half Mile. Okay. Sorry, I had to title it so it wasn't just like Spike Circuit written in the middle of my sheet somewhere randomly. That's fair. You mean like my notes? Yeah, I try to have like some semblance of motion. Uh, so si- Sorry, Spike Circuit. The Central Eye Half Mile and the Arms Reach Racers is the third one. The Central Eye Half Mile sounds the most like an actual location. So that's where he's going to focus and trying to find wherever that is. The others sound like they could potentially be like like circuit could be an actual racing circuit. And the others sounds like a group. Uh, so he's going to try to see if he can find the location to find other racers. Okay, go ahead and make one more and check on that. Don't fail me. Woo! 29. Very, it did very not good. fail me. Okay. Yeah, you find that they meet bi-weekly in one of the secondary thoroughfares in the eye, the center of Absalom Station. Uh, it looks like they're actually going to be meeting tomorrow, fortuitously. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I got to kill time till then. Um, I'll contact Sparks uh, and I'll let Kerr know and Noemi just in case. It, like, the, I'm less convinced they'd be interested, but on the off chance that they want to go, uh, Kerr, I think, has a more. Uh, sorry, Sparks. Actually, it sounds like he would be probably more interested in going to something like that anyway. Oh, um, yeah, I'm in. It sounds like fun. Wait, are you racing? I'm going to try to find out. What are you? What are you going to race? Of course, you're more interested in the machine. Well, yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so, I'm what the did, pit crew. did I find out? What they race? Yes. So, with that role, uh, the Central I Half Mile is basically a straight drag race, uh, a straight shot, and it's groundcraft. So, either uh, hover vehicles or wheeled or treaded, but there's a maximum lift of four feet uh, that is enforced by the organization. So, no like planes. But this one is as much a measure of like technical aptitude as it is piloting. Like, yes, of course, a, g- a good pilot can be able to pull percentage points over uh, an experienced one, but it's more, you know, how souped up can you get these things to max out oh, your buddy? It's fast and the furious. Max yeah. out your times. <laughs> I live my life a half kilometer at a time. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm in. This right. this sounds like a, an absolute blast. So. <laughs> Whole vehicle section on this. Terrestrial vehicles. Oh. Goblin junk cycle. Yep. There it is. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm guessing I'm not going to be looking under starships for this, John. Correct. Oh, yeah. What do we actually have money for is the other side of it. Well, I mean, we have money. It's just, can, what, how expensive are these things and can we afford them? I mean, at the very least, this might be we start to ingratiate ourselves and we start to build a racer on the side. <laughs> Goblin junk cycle. I could buy that. Yeah, it's it's actually like a fraction of the price of most guns. <laughs> it also sounds hilarious. Yeah. Basic intercycle, exploration buggy, torpedo mini sub. Oh, can I race the torpedo mini sub? <laughs> Cutting up the road. It just this loud screeching the entire time. Urban cruiser, police cruiser, all terrain transport, pump jet sub. It just sounds dirty. I need you to just like sample vehicles. Remember, the uh, 
Yeah. The Breath of the Galaxy has a lot of different variations of all these ground craft hover cars. I mean, there's going to be, you know, probably dozens there. As much it's much as much a display of like technical aptitude and engineers kind of getting excited to looking at under each other's hoods as then as there is you know actual racing going on. I was yeah. going to say Sparks exists. So if you okay. want it, Sparks. he could probably engineer it for you. Brent, we should build a Tron cycle. I'm into it. I, I'm for it. You know what's up. Also, holy shit, did I just find this thing. Kishali Hoverbike. I can't afford that. <laughs> Move by warping the space around themselves, <laughs> shortening, or shortening the space directly in front, stretching it behind. Like you do. Oh, <laughs> it's the Planet Express ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you remember that episode? I remember that one. They they reveal that the Planet Express ship doesn't move through space, it moves space around it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Mjolnir, technically. Yeah. yeah. It It is stationary, and Thor is just powerful enough to move the universe around it. <laughs> <laughs> Science! Science! Yeah, so that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, it's uh, 20,000 credits. Okay. Which, considering what we've gotten at times, isn't that insane? <laughs> yeah, sell one gun and you've got one. <laughs> These things are stupid money. Uh, but how we get that for a junk cycle price, I'm unclear. Wait, how fast does a junk cycle move? Let's just let's 15 just feet, full out. 250, 28 miles per hour. Okay. Do we get, like, I'm not saying it's Fast and Furious, but if it was a Fast and Furious movie, they always get, like, the preview night. Where they're like walking around the garage, like the parking structure where they're like illegally parked. And they're all like, oh man, we got to step up our game because this guy's got like some fat turbo under there or something like that. Wait, what am I kidding? That actually makes sense. No, he's got like 12 NOS bottles instead of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you didn't go ridiculous enough right off the bat. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Well, I mean, I have enough money. I could probably buy that basic intercycle. Okay. Um, and then we could either build from there or at least use that as the frame to start mucking with stuff. Okay. Because that was 700. So I don't know how realistic we want to get on this, but like we would probably need to like get a couple of parts bikes and like build them up from that. You know, that's up to John and how he wants to handle that and how much time. Yeah. How, how detailed do you want to get in this? I suppose it depends on kind of how excited you guys are at the concept of <laughs> uh, having like a drag racing side quest with um, hover bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember who you're talking to, right? <laughs> Lycos was built for speed and Sparks was built to make fast, explodey things. Also, Brent's a bit of a hot rodder. So like I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right guy to be my pit mechanic. <laughs> All right, so uh, how about this? I'll let you guys kind of uh, peruse the the options a little bit and just kind of like chat amongst yourselves. Uh, I'll do a little kind of shift the camera over to Lisa a little bit, and then we'll swing back to you. Um, feel free to use your imagination on this. Uh, as far as draw and light cycle, you can just use like the stuff in the book as kind of guidelines. And if you want to, you know, make up your own manufacturer or something like that, then that works too. Kerr, you're, are you staying on the ship or are you back at your apartment on the station? I was staying on the ship with the Dojitar and they were, until they were mostly comfortable with the station. They got lost last time, so I didn't want to just abandon them. Um, but as soon as they're okay with me going back to my own apartment, I was going to go back to my own apartment. Okay. It seems like they're pretty comfortable on the station, on the ship and are kind of making themselves at home a little bit more. The ship seems to be kind of modifying its structure a little bit to better adapt to its inhabitants. And so one of the quarters that was 
previously like kind of like open and spacious has begun kind of subdividing and closing in to give them all sort of individual chambers. That's really cool. Uh, and they seem to be a little more comfortable in a little bit tighter and more enclosed space. How do we... We never really figured out how to communicate with the ship, did we? No, but it seems to be empathic to an extent. Okay, I will expend whatever empathic thanks I can. Pat, pat, good ship. Thank you. You're cool. You notice like the panel you're you're tapping on kind of warms beneath your touch. Yay, friend. So there's a a little ping from your comm, and there's a, a text message uh, that says, "Marooned on a planet is a decent excuse." Maybe you can make things up. I'm listening. Is the the text, and it's from uh, Brianosa. I will invite her to see my new shiny ship. Okay. Do you want to set like a oh time frame? Uh, this is probably like late morning, like eleven, like 11 o'clock analog. Oh, uh, she probably has to work. So maybe I'll I'll say, hey, we're back, and we actually have a a, a new living ship. I'd love to show it to you whenever you're off work if you're inclined meet me at hangar whatever number hangar we're in uh she responds with i'm off at six i can be there at seven seven thirty sounds good also what kind of food do you like i want to take you to dinner as an apology she says nothing too spicy but i'll put that in your court okay then uh by about like three another message comes that says dress code question mark <laughs> whatever you're comfortable in uh, it comes back with, oh, I don't want to be out of place wherever we're going. What was the name of the place with all the meat? There were a bunch of restaurants in that area, right? Yes, there was, I think it was, that was like the Carneria or Carnarium. With a weird vegan place across the street? Yeah, and they seem to be, you're not sure which opened first. The other one definitely opened despite <laughs> the first one. Are there any other restaurants in that area? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, okay. This is a, like what would you what are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for a place that would have like a lot of different variety. It's a it's a internet international. It's a space station with a lot of conglomerate kind of cultures and things. I mm -hmm. want something with have that has a lot of choices so that she can choose what she likes off the menu, but not super upscale. Okay. More like date night, not. I'm proposing like. So, so what's like an Earth equivalent restaurant? Like Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Go to space, Applebee. <laughs> I'm thinking some like a like a BJ's or something like that. Okay. Or like a, a Lazy Dog or or something like that. I'm trying to think of or like between that and Bullies. Okay. Like, so, sort of meeting in the middle there. Gotcha. I feel like Bullies is like a touch too dimly lit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't like I don't want the equivalent of Chili's either. Like slightly more than Chili's. I don't know what the word for above casual is. But, like, not formal either. Yeah. Or not even semi-formal. Like, below semi-formal. I don't know. See? It's not as easy as you think. Fair enough. Okay, well, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, something like that. Do I know a place like that? Sure. Okay, I will send her the name of the thing. Okay. Can you just give me the name, or do you want me to take care of that? I part? want you to do it. Okay. Because <laughs> I can't think of an equivalent in real life, because I would just name it Space Applebee's and call it good. It's called Zartas. Zartas? Spell it. Uh, X-A-R-T-A apostrophe S. It's Zarta's Bistro. How about that? Upscale casual? That sounds all right. Yeah. Upscale casual. It's out in the arms, so it's not in like the center of Absalom. It's kind of more towards some of the spaceport and business sub areas. So you've got a few hours before you meet up. What's Kerr going to wear? My armor. <laughs> that 
Okay, I'm just not sure if that sends the right message. If I imagine, does she have other clothes? I thought they got destroyed on the ship. Well, you're rich now, oh, and you're back on true. station. What does vest clothing look like? That's a cultural question. I honestly don't know the answer to. So it really kind of depends on light armor. <laughs> well, I imagine just going about day to day, you're not probably not wearing your armor, you know, everywhere. You might have like casual clothes. Yeah, or might have like a business casual. Yeah. Okay. So you can wear uh, some kind of trousers and like coat. Fashion on Absalom is weird because it's. So I can wear whatever. You can wear whatever you want. Because, uh, you know, you might have like, you know, whatever you wore back in the Vescarium, which is probably very functional and utilitarian mm. uh, under kind of you know, your day to day. You'd probably have some sort of dressier outfit for special occasions or, you know, like a shawl or cloak that you'd wear over your armor. Kind of like a dress uniform, but even so, so I'm thinking wearing like full battle gear kind of sends a weird message. Yeah, even if you're like just so walking around the wear, station, yeah, everyone kind of you look like what trouble is going on that we don't necessarily know about. So I'll wear like whatever business casual clothing I have, mm-hmm. which is basically like slacks, um, the equivalent of a blouse, I suppose. Okay, and like a a, a blazer, like a smart blazer. Okay, I like it. Yeah, a color scheme. Black and white. All right, classic. Then I've got off- enough color. Yeah, I was gonna say offset on. with the vi- yeah. the violet in your your scales. Okay, uh, so the pants have a stripe going down the sides that match my my purple. Ooh, I like How about it. that? Let's throw a little color in there. Do you adorn your tail with anything? No. All right. So seven thirty rolls around and you get a ping on your comms that says, uh, "I'm in the hangar. Which one are you?" I'll go out to meet her. I, I'm the one. Um, it's the living ship in number whatever. Okay. I'll come out to meet you. I do. She is wearing a casual evening dress. So it's not like no back or like, it's not like a super fancy nun in the town sort of thing, but it is like a one piece long dress with a slit that goes up to about the knee. It is sky blue at the top and shifts to kind of like a, a smoky gray by the bottom of the dress. Does it have pockets? Absolutely. <laughs> This is important to me. She comes up and she says, wow, this is quite a ship. I don't think I've ever seen one quite like this. I hadn't either. We discovered it on the planet. Would you like a tour? Sure. Tour time. Okay. I will, of course, point out the weaponry. Very nice. And the and the piloting chair and give the ship nice pats and introduce the ship as best I can. We haven't really found a way to communicate with the ship, but it seems to be empathetic at least. She uh, takes care of us. Hello, ship. And she kind of gives an awkward wave. Uh, there's no overt response. You did good. As she's walking around, she says, I don't think I've ever seen you outside of your armor. It makes you look huger somehow. <laughs> the armor does? No, the lack of it. Oh. Because in the armor, you can say like, oh, well, that's like, that bulk is it's all armor. armor but quite, quite imposing. Thanks. I guess. Oh, no, I definitely meant it as a compliment. Oh, okay. I'll take it as one then. Thank you. Last, uh, last I saw you, you, I believe, were in your uniform as well. Was she? Oh, I have that in my brain. Is that right? Yeah. So you, out of your uniform, are also quite a sight. Oh, this old thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about it is it has pockets, she says. I respect that. And that check, is good. Check this out. And she takes her arm and kind of puts it on her hip and then... As she leans over, it goes like further and further in. <gasps> she says, they're extra dimensional pockets. 
Amazing. That's so cool. I want one. Do they make it in Vesk size? Uh, yeah, I can show you. I can. I mean, probably. I can tell you where I got it from. <gasps> so cool. So where are we going for dinner? I, I sent her the thing, right? Oh, okay. She's, oh, yeah. Uh, Sartes then. I haven't been there. I've heard good things, though. I have, too. Want to check it out? Let's do it. All right. And we're off. All right. So go ahead and roll a diplomacy for me, please. Twelve. Okay. I'm a little nervous, I guess. Awkward first date. I don't count saving her life as a first date. But overall, it goes pretty well. Go ahead and, like... You choose one conversation topic, and I'll choose one conversation topic. This is kind of highlight the the date night montage. Why she chose to become a cop? Ooh, well, do you remember? I'm not sure. So I grew up on Absalom Station, and they used to have these tri-D events that were like, oh, man, this is so embarrassing. But there was a a series called Spike Side Noir that was tales of like gritty detectives and cops and corrupt politicians and crime bosses and all that stuff. And it was just so gritty and looking back on it, it's so cheesy and corny and like everything is completely arch and the characters are totally unbelievable. But when I was young, it was everything I wanted. It was that like the romance of danger and trouble around every corner and that hero detective who figures out the mystery and stops the bad guy just in time and gets the love interest and it was just it just seems so great and you know then i matured a little bit and my skill set kind of became a little more refined and i realized just kind of how bullshit that all was but the the core of it which was solving mysteries and helping people really appealed to me so uh i went into uh absec it seemed like a good a good way to make a difference that still kept some of that dream alive. Now you solve mysteries. I mean, that's, I'm still working on my detective ship. Uh, <laughs> I'm just an officer right now, but um, yeah, it's kind of the, it's a bit more day-to-day mysteries like who left their car here, <laughs> double parked, or <laughs> who took down the no graffiti sign and put up all this graffiti. It's, a, it's not quite the uh, danger around every corner life that i expected um except when it suddenly was so well i'm glad it didn't get uh, more dangerous than it was as fortuitous as it was that we got to meet it was under some unpleasant circumstances but i'm glad we're past it and that you still enjoy your job yeah when you look at those those murder mystery shows you never expect to be the victim from the cold open you always expect to be the hero <laughs> from the the main body of the show the date goes well. We don't have to have the entire conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the end of okay, that cool. bit. Uh, but she has a thing for you. Mm. So how'd you get mixed up with the Gordian Solutions people? It seems like kind of a, a bit of an odd career path on the subject. It was not my original intention, actually. I trained on Vesk Prime as a soldier. Military background, that kind of thing. I wanted to become a, a bodyguard. My aunt is a, a politician. I originally wanted to be... A protector, help her out. You know, politics can get pretty nasty at some points. Ended up on Absalom Station. I don't have much experience. I was expecting to have to go into mercenary work, something like that, but problem solving with Gordian Solutions, especially once I got to know the crew, worked out pretty well. 
how come it didn't work out with your aunt? I'm not experienced enough yet. To be a bodyguard of someone in politics, you have to at least have something on your resume. Oh, and, and nepotism didn't get you there? I try not to lean on nepotism. Seems foolish. Hmm. Well, congratulations. I'm unique in the galaxy then. And she raises her glass <laughs> to give you a toast. Cheers. So yeah, the date goes pretty well. You have a pretty good time. It's not necessarily like the most incredible experience, but happy enough, certainly. Cool. I'll take a good first date. Yay. So, so are you going to be on station for a little while yet? We just got back, so I hope so. I don't have any firm dates, unfortunately, but I'll have to talk to my captain, but at least for the next few days, yes. Okay. Well, if you're still around, then maybe we can do this again. I think marooned on an uncharted planet is a good enough reason for ditching out on previous arrangements. I assume I would have told her at least a few stories. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. I would like that. Okay, just... uh. If you have to take off, just shoot me a message or something. Will do. All right. She kind of reaches in for a hug and... Hug. Bid you good night. Good first date. Yeah. I'll go back to the ship before I do my good first date dance. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. The Dodgetar are all like a thousand questions. <laughs> Who is that? What's going on? Did you bring me leftovers? <laughs> Can I have brought them leftovers? Sure. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. How are we doing? So... Hover bike is one option. Ah. It's a drag race, right? It is. Uh, what's the distance again? Half mile. Half mile. So with drag races, you kind of have a couple of options, right? Like you can either go for like a hover bike, like we said. Lycos expressed some interest in like a muscle car kind of scenario. Spark's first thought was actually basically a hover truck with a starship engine on the back. Excuse you? <laughs> How much do starship engines cost in credit terms? They wouldn't really be practical in this kind of uh, scenario. So the only kind of starship engine that would, would fit potentially would be something for like a like a fighter. Mm. But even that is pretty massive. Like if you think the size of a like an F-22 compared to a car. So a hover truck is 30 feet long, 12 feet tall, and like 10 feet wide. So like that's basically just a starship on land. And it doesn't have <laughs> friction, so... <laughs> so the other issue is most Starship engines are kind of built more like jet engines than like vehicle engines, so there'd be more collateral damage in a, in a city setting. That's fair. No, it's a fair <laughs> point. I'm not saying it's a, it's a dissuading point. Because, I mean... There's jet trucks. <laughs> we have evidence that people have done this. <laughs> Miss Lester did an episode on it. It was amazing. So, yeah, you could probably look into it but it wouldn't be kind of like absalom street legal okay this is fast and furious right <laughs> so it's an option just so hypothetical in doing your research that this group is like an officially sanctioned thing this is more like oh it's nhra it's not like street racing yeah this okay. is this is more like the that qualcomm they have like the legal street racing yeah yeah, yeah. this so, is more like that so okay they don't have a vin dark matter <laughs> oh boy God, that worked on like three different levels okay you know points for that can we please just have an NPC that rambles about family <laughs> oh family <laughs> okay so other option was like <laughs> you know what the theme is about a space fight the space always wins 
god. Uh, um, Jesse and Lisa are missing my puns. So the other thing that kind of came to mind is like you know basically what the equivalent of like an engine swap and then just like tear out all the interior. So I don't know if we could take like a cheaper car, like get a cheap engine from one of these other vehicles, drop it in, and I was laughing about it with uh, with Tom earlier, like. Because the engine swaps take a long time, right? So basically you just drop it in and then have Noemi cast mending on it a bunch until it, like, assembles itself. <laughs> All right, mending doesn't quite work that way. It's it magic. <laughs> but one of the other things he's talking about, too, is also, like, you know, so presumably, like, the price for, like, the police cruiser, which at least of the sample vehicles is, like, the fastest, um, is buying it new. So what if we went and, like, found a junked version that would be shitty but like also presumably have some of the same stats for cheaper i'm imagining like you know how you can buy like old police cruisers that they like debadge and stuff like get one of those at like an auction or something like that and then swap the engine in okay like a cheaper car so go ahead and make either computers or diplomacy to your diplomacy your computers is probably better than my diplomacy to look into this avenue, especially because you kind of want it by tomorrow, it sounds like. Well, so that was the other kind of like discussion debate. Like Brent was pointing out, realistically, us putting together something by the next day just isn't going to happen. So I think kind of for both in-game and out-of-game reasons, it might be wiser that they basically start working on something today, kind of with this, this kind of being their plan. But them going to the races tomorrow is more about like meeting people, kind of get in the lay of the land uh that type of thing but like you know figuring out how to get involved and then the next time the race comes up because we'll have like what two weeks in game to put something together okay sounds good uh 34 on the computers check all right so you got a lead on a decommissioned uh abset cruiser uh it was in it says minor collision on the report and the photo along with the entry it said has a little asterisk on it that says uh, not actual photo. Oh, it just yeah. shows like a stock photo of an <laughs> absolute cruiser. Clean title in hand, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, it looks like it's going to be going up for auction uh, this weekend. Okay. What's or the... This, uh, this sixth day. Does it give a like starting price or anything like that? It says starting price will be 1,000 credits. Cool. So, well, there's our first lead. All right. So, uh, we'll go check that out. So, that's what we're talking about getting the engine. What are we putting the engine in? Well, so assuming it's a like functional vehicle and it's not, you know, a complete piece of junk, we could theoretically just leave it in there and, and then just fix up the the vehicle. Yeah, because I mean, you're gonna gut the insides, like drop whatever weight you can. Like I'm thinking, shed the body panels even and make like uh, you know composite replacements or something like that for some aerodynamics. Okay. Question: Where would we be able to keep the car? I mean, we, I know we kind of have apartments and whatnot, but. I don't know that my apartment necessarily comes with a parking spot or a garage. There's an empty cargo bay on the ship. I was going to ask you, like, it, that was kind of like my secondary thing. Could we store it on the ship? I don't see why not. You right. have to probably clear it with Kerr, but I think she'd be excited to have a hot rod on the ship. We're getting a hot rod? <laughs> We're getting a hot rod. Hell yeah, park it in the ship. It's the car from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, the I guess. Lola. Lola. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's going to be kind of long term, but mm. uh, for tomorrow, if you want to head down to the eye and sort of check out what's going on yeah are you interested in tagging along to uh it's a, basically a drag race yeah <laughs> yeah let's do it all right so we make sure noemi knows where we are but she's obviously off doing her own thing mm-hmm. can i invite brianosa 
Yeah, you can. She might be working, but I'll send her a thing like, hey. Oh, wait, she's a cop. It's legal. Never mind. No, 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 no. It's legal. It's like the ones that don't, it's like the ones that are not Qualcomm. Like totally officially sanctioned. Okay. Then I am inviting her. (laughs) You missed the discussion about that, me asking that they don't have a Vin Black Matter, a Dark Matter, like Vin Diesel. So I'll send her a thing like, hey. Uh, John's losing his mind. I looked at it. I think it's more music that it just it flopped so hard. It flopped so hard. It got it got John the first time, and they just did not get you. She says, "Yeah, that sounds fun. I'll uh, I'd love to take along. You can meet my crew. Mm -hmm. Part of it." Uh, Renault says, "Uh, "Mr. Spox, what's this uh, this drag race that you are referring to?" Let's get the whole crew. Let's Hop go. Hop in, bud. Let's go. <laughs> get everybody. Road trip. <laughs> the crew that rides together. Yeah. <laughs> Ride and die together, guys. Oh, no. I don't have crew. I've got family. <laughs> uh, it's pronounced family. <laughs> That's what I said. Family. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Next week. We have to start referring to ourselves that way and not explain it to Jess. <laughs> she'll, she'll pick up on that pretty quick. When she she'll finds at least the hot a, rod in the yeah. She'll be at least a little confused for like a moment, and that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. So you head to the eye and meet up, and you're like blocks away, and you can begin hearing the revving of engines and like the hiss of anti-grab thrusters and just the the air is just charged with like motor energy uh as you round the corner you can see five blocks have basically been been closed off right down kind of a secondary thoroughfare of the eye there are huge skyscrapers on either side and a lot of the windows are illuminated with people who have either rented rooms or just kind of closed down their workday and then moved it to the edge of their office to see the spectacle there are row upon row of vehicle parked and just kind of almost a carnival atmosphere as everyone's moving around, admiring handiwork, showing off their vehicles. Music is playing from, it's like cacophonous. The music has to be loud enough to be heard over the engines. And then everyone's playing their favorite music. So there's heavy thrash playing against the bass from a pound that's being played, you know, six cars down is the only thing you hear over the shrieking guitars of a thrash band it's almost sensory overload seeing everything there's so much like bodywork chrome lights and things like that that it's quite a spectacle renault season says oh my god this <laughs> is amazing <laughs> he doesn't so, get off the ship much <laughs> this is in the eye you said right yes and the eye is like the fancy part of town Right. It's okay. like the more metropolitan part of... So uh, I'm picturing like Monaco or something like that, like rooftop pools and stuff. Like, Okay, okay, cool. Very cool. And as you begin to wade into the automotive spectacle, uh, we will end for tonight. Mm. So thank you all for listening to these Absalom stories. Uh, join us next time where we get a little fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, you can <laughs> email us on, on dieBythedice at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at dieBythedice. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.